Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, everyone. MC Lobsher, and thank you so much for joining me in another episode of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. Boy, do I have an exciting episode for you today. I'm actually joined by the real ninja in person in the studio. So lots of excitement here and uh, I've been really looking forward to doing this episode. So it's a pretty special one. So I want to thank you for spending your most valuable resource, your time once again with me on the show. Before we jump into this epic show, please, whatever platform you're enjoying this on, smash us a like. Give us a share, leave a comment, tell me what you like, what you don't like. You know, maybe I should change my outfits. I don't know. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. But anyway, your feedback is appreciated. And I always appreciate you guys reaching out and sharing more about uh, what you like and what you don't like. And we listen, so we change it a little bit up on the show. Other things to, to, to be aware of that I just wanted to share as well, we have over 700 episodes already recorded at CashflowNinja.com. Both shows, Cashflow Ninja is on there, Cashflow Investing Secrets are on there. There's over 700 shows of, of content. Uh, if you enjoy this and, and just want to do a deep dive into some more episodes. And also, we've been teaching people how to become their own bank now um, and putting out as, as much information as we can, uh, sharing the very, very powerful strategy. If you want to learn that and if you want to learn how to collateralize uh, assets that you already have to go and get more assets and acquire more assets, you could go to your ownbankingsystem.com. It's your own banking system.com. All right, let's jump into this. I'm joined uh, today on the show by my dad, uh, Sensei Bucky's Laubscher. Dad, welcome to the show. Thank you, MC. <laughs> this is uh, super exciting. My dad is actually in visiting from South Africa. So he is in studio where we record. Dad, uh, for folks that don't know uh, who you are and what you do. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with them? Yeah, I'm Bucky Slopesher. I'm a, a ninth dad in traditional Okinawan Gojiru Karate, which has been a journey of almost six decades for me. I grew up in, born and grew up in South Africa and uh, went to school there. After school, I did my compulsory military service. So I, was, I stayed on in the field artillery for 14 years, after which I joined the the permanent force, as we call it, or the regular force, as a staff officer for sport and physical training, which I monitored physical tests and I monitored the development of sports. The military, as you are aware of everywhere, sport is a very, very valuable training instrument because it creates team spirit and you have to win at sports. You have to win at war. So that's where, that's basically shortly by... My history. Six decades of pursuing excellence in uh, the martial art in karate, traditional karate, and uh, just pursuing excellence in his craft daily is something which actually inspired me to do the Cashflow Ninja. And if you've ever wondered, how did I come up with the name Ninja, <laughs> Cashflow Ninja? That's actually one of, uh, that's how I came up with the name from the show. I've been, I've been very privileged to see my dad 
uh, pursue excellence in his craft daily. It's a, it's, a, it's a way of life. He's a student. He still is a student every day studying and learning and growing and, and trying to get better. And this is something that which I wanted to transfer over to the approach to building wealth because there's so many get rich quick schemes and nonsense out there. And everybody's teaching you how to become a multimillionaire online, which by the way, if you if you found a way to do it, please let me know too. Reach out to me and let me know. The way to build sustainable long-term legacy wealth is the slow way, the right way, and pursuing excellence in a craft and being a student. And this is one of the lessons that I learned from my dad uh, in pursuing his, his craft and excellence in his craft. So you've pursued your craft daily now for almost six decades in the the martial art of traditional karate. How did you get started uh, in karate? And uh, when did you start doing karate and why? If you look at my face closely, you'll notice two serious looking <laughs> protrusions on the side of my head. Uh, at the age of five in South Africa, school going age is seven. I was sent to school at the age of five because both my parents worked. We, we lived in a very poor community in a rural town in South Africa. And uh, I was a little bit naughty at home. I almost set fire to my parents' house. So I was sent to school at the age of five. Well, the other kids were seven. So what do kids of seven do with kids of five with big ears? They tug on them. So I was getting smashed up every day. This went on. Until I was the, the age of 14, my mother had a boarding house and, uh, in Stellenbosch. Stellenbosch is a big university town. The residents in my mother's boarding house were military students, part of the military academy, and they were studying engineering. In South Africa, they were from all the, at that stage, three arms of service, Air Force, Army, and the Navy. Every night at nine o'clock, my mother would uh, make tea for everybody. So they would take a break from their studies, come down for tea. We had a little square in the boarding house area and uh, young guys like that, young professional soldiers, out comes the boxing gloves. And I looked tall for my age. So the smaller ones of them grabbed me and said, ah, oh, have you ever boxed? Let's have a go. And beat the daylights out of me. Eventually I could hold myself against the smaller ones amongst them. Then I heard one night at tea time the new buzzword. Something's coming to town called karate. This is where you break bricks with your hands and they're all going to do that. And I thought, here we go, back to square one. I'm going to get beaten up again. So to cut the long story short, I cheated my age to join the university club. My father couldn't afford to pay for the lessons for, for me. So what I did is I cleaned 15 pairs of shoes every night from these military guys. They paid me 50 cents a pair of shoes a month, so I had seven rand fifty. My karate cost four rand, so I had some spend, spending money left over after that. Another thing happened during that time when I was at school at a very well-known school in Stellenbosch, South Africa, Paul Ruiz Gymnasium. We used to get a guest speaker every Monday to address the boys. It's a boys' school, and one guest speaker ended off his whole lecture to us with the saying. Remember one thing, there's always room at the top. That stuck to my mind amongst a lot of things that I picked up along the road. And I decided when I started karate, I want to be the best in this class. No matter the fact that they are students and older than me, I'm going to be the best. And uh, at this stage, I'm the only one left after almost six decades. I'm the highest graded Westerner, ninth Dan. 
in traditional Okinawan gorgeru karate. There's a lot of tens and fifteens dance floating around in the in the marketplace, <laughs> but real traditional karate, not much. So that's basically my history. After school, as I said, I I joined the military where I picked up a whole lot of managerial skills. It showed me to, along with karate, to have an open mind about things. If you want to survive, you have to think outside the outside of the box. Absolutely, and you've traveled and trained now in over, what is it, 28-plus countries for over six decades, pursuing excellence, many experiences, many many characters that you've met, uh, friendships made around the world, Great, a great way to, to see the world. I want to talk a little bit about the mindset, and this is something I think that that every single person in our community can learn from, the mindset of pursuing excellence. Because there's, I, I've seen firsthand, there's so much discipline involved, uh, you know, which is obviously a, a core tenant of it. You know, I've seen you do whatever it takes. It's a, it's a, it's a way of life uh, and there's a certain vision. So maybe you can share this mindset of pursuing excellence uh, in your craft with, uh, with our listeners and viewers. Okay, so karate, the traditional karate, karate we do is not sports karate. So we do karate to survive. Karate had its origins in India. From India, it migrated to China. And uh, the island of Okinawa had trade links with China for centuries. So from there, it spread to Okinawa, from Okinawa, eventually to Japan in the early 1925s. In survival, in the street or in combat, there's no second place. There's no loser. The loser is dead. So karate is the same. So it's a holistic. You have to have an alert mind to be aware of things around you that might come around you, potential dangers, potential possibilities. So it's a constant awareness, mind, mi mindset-wise. To be able to keep this mindset, you need the tools to handle this mindset, which is a strong fit body, skilled in all the techniques that you can apply. And these techniques in karate, it's daily. You are not as good today as you were yesterday. You're as good today as you are today. I have a saying to my students, you're as good as your last practice session, not how good you were 20 years ago. The biggest underlying fundamental in any combat art or martial art, especially, is discipline. You need discipline to do what you have to do every day, not do what you want to do. There are nice things to, in, in karate that you can train. Oh, nice, nice, nice. But there are very difficult things that are hard things that you have to do. That's basically sums it up. Keeping this mindset, you cannot uh, have scenarios defending yourself that were created 20 years ago or 100 years ago or five years ago. I read a very good saying that's also had an impact on me that says, you cannot do today's jobs with yesterday's tools and expect tomorrow's results. It's the same in karate. You have to stay current. The mindset, there's different attacks in the streets now. So your mindset has got to be, first of all, defensive, preventative. You don't go to places where you know you have a good chance to get attacked, assaulted. So that's your planning that you do ahead your defensive planning do, to do ahead, okay? Your second thing is you always plan an escape route. If you can get out of the fight, 
If you can get away from that guy coming at you with a knife without having to block that knife, if you can somehow talk him out of it or get out of there, much better. There's a saying in Chinese karate especially, the best defense is non-defense. Don't be there when the attack comes. This all takes discipline. Discipline, discipline, discipline. You have to be ready 24-7 for when that moment comes. So for the last six decades almost, I've been pursuing this excellence daily. If I don't, don't practice daily, my skills become blunt. So you have to keep current. You have to keep at it. Otherwise, you go back to being blunt. Six decades wasted. <laughs> and one of the things to do whatever it takes, and I'll, I'll get into that uh, in a second too, but just a mindset that, you just have to, if you have a vision and you are on a journey, you got to do whatever it takes to get better too. So one of the things, maybe you could share that story, but you were back in the day, I mean, you were literally on a, you took a boat to Japan, the, your, your first time to get to go and train with the best. And for our community, they can relate to it too, but because there's certain things that you need to do to get to where you need to go. Uh, whether it's a person, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, a contact, you need to do whatever it takes. So share that story, because I think they'll find that very interesting, that you literally took a boat from South Africa and had many uh, adventures on it as, as you got there, too. Let me start at the beginning. To become good at anything, karate the same. What did I need to become good at karate? A mentor, a teacher. I am very, very blessed that I've probably have the best karate teacher in the world, since Higao Namorio, you can Google the name. That's been my mentor since 1970, 71, when I met him for the first time, international karate. So in South Africa, having that pursuing excellent, wanting to do the best, getting to that room at the top, the ultimate utopia for karate was to go to Japan for training. So my teacher was teaching in Tokyo at the time. I was just a university student. Soon after university, I didn't have money or a job, but I needed to get to Japan. Higona Sensei invited me when he was in, a, in South Africa on a trip in 1972. He invited my mother to send me. My mother didn't have money either. Lucky, I had a club going, and one of my students' father worked for a big shipping company. So he arranged for me to work my passage over to Japan by teaching keep fit on, on, the, on the ship to the crew of the ship. It was a cargo ship, not a, not a pleasure boat. It was, <laughs> it was some tough cookies on that, on that boat as well. So that's how my odyssey started. 25 days at sea, I experienced the managerial systems on the boat, how the crew, the best food ever, the crew were treated like royalty and they performed like royalty. All this, I wanted to get to my mentor, which still, he's still alive today and he's still my mentor. I still try and make it to Okinawa where he lives now. I try and make it there once a year at least and listen to him and revert back and memorize back and get a vision for tomorrow where I'm going, where I'm going with my karate f further on. Yeah, that's pretty powerful stuff. So if you're listening to this too, you know, what, what are you willing to do to get to where you need to go? Because a lot of folks have, are in the process of setting goals and visions again for themselves. Another thing I want to touch on, there's so many things that is so similar to business and to investing. 
uh, when you look at karate uh, and the mar martial art of traditional karate, one of the things that you had mentioned was uh, how de a defense is is massive. The first thing is it's it's a defensive mindset, and that could relate to risk management, properly managing risks, and establishing. Uh, systems and processes in your business and in your investments to manage risk and play really good defense, right? If you love sports, defenses win titles and, and championships. Uh, it's not necessarily the attack and, and, and offense. And the other thing that you mentioned is always have an exit strategy. Always know, know when, where, how you're going to get out there. Have a getaway plan, which is huge. In business, having an exit strategy and investing, having an exit strategy. And once you've got the foundational pieces in place uh, that you have got a solid a foundation, you've got uh, a proper risk management systems and processes in place, you have an exit now you can go onto the attack and actually retaliate. I remember when I was a young, young boy, my dad always said, you know, the first thing that you got to do is make sure that you don't get punched in the mouth. Then you can and protect yourself, you know, in karate, and then you can actually go onto it, uh, the attack. Anything that you want to add to what I just said there too? with the overall approach. I always teach my students, there's no such word as defense, okay? What I mean with that is the best defense is attack. You do not defend like this. You defend going forward, but it's gotta be sensible. You gotta be aware of your defense. You have to have confidence in your defense. I guess it would be the same business-wise. You have to be aggressive in your defense, not just, nah, I'll buy tomorrow maybe. You gotta have defense, put your defenses down. This is what I gotta be careful of. This is what could happen, but let's go for it. I teach them in karate, if you block somebody else punching at you, you gotta break his arm, that arm coming at you. You gotta break that arm. That is defense. I always say this, there's no such thing as defense in business, in karate, or in marriage. You attack. <laughs> you can use it as a weapon. Just think of all the great sports teams. You know, if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to us from, you could probably think of all the great sports teams where they use their defensive systems as weapons yeah. to actually really destroy the, the opposition. Um, I want to talk about leadership because this is this is another thing uh, that's part of the karate tradition and the karate way of life. And you have been in, in the military for how many years were you in the military? 35 years. 35 years in the military, um, a lieutenant colonel. Lieutenant colonel. Yeah, in the, in, the, in the military. So in a, in a top leadership position and leading a lot of people and divisions and obviously being a leader of self and then a leader of, of many, many different folks that, that train with you. What are some of the biggest leadership lessons that folks can learn? Because right now, especially globally in the world, my goodness, do we need leadership and it starts at home, right? We have different, you have different styles of leadership. You have the autocratic st style, you have participation style, et cetera, et cetera. A good leader is like an eagle. They don't flock together. You find them one at a time. In the current world that we live in, we are absolutely swamped with knowledge. Knowledge is not intelligence. What you know is, does not make you a good leader. To be a good leader in one sentence, you've got to walk the talk, not only talk the walk. You have to lead by example. That is, to me, the most powerful leadership. So a leader, qualities, vision. 
the ability to think outside, the outside of the box, to think outside, the sky is the limit. No, it's not the limit. So the leader has got vision. He has to look at the whole scenario. Then he's got to refine it down to A or nay. And then he has to, if he knows the correct way ahead, the biggest problem, the biggest difficulty is the communication downwards to his members, to his followers, that to convince them that this is the way to go. To convince them, you need to ask them. You say, that we have ABC choices. How do you guys see it? Your top management. Then you go down, they go down to the bottom management, etc., etc. So you get the inputs. And sometimes from those inputs, you might change A back to B and B to A yourself. So that adaptability and flexibility is a very important uh, component of being a good leader. Without flexibility, without vision, at the end of the day, you've got to say, right, I've listened to everybody. This is the way we feel it. But my gut tells me, maybe C is more important than B. That gut feel, that you don't get on Google. That comes with years of experience, burnt fingers, you paid your school fees. That's about what I can, I can tell you about leadership. Walk ahead, not behind. I love it. And I love the, uh, you know, I always say that, you know, if you want to learn from folks too, you, you want to lead, follow leaders and follow people that eat their own cooking without throwing up. Walk the walk, talk the talk. And they have int- integrity. They do what they say and they say what they do. It's just not, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of fluff and a lot of nonsense, uh, which... We have plenty of that online. <laughs> so there's enough of that online. So find folks that eat their own cooking without throwing up and uh, that walk the walk and, and talk the talk. Adaptability is, is huge. The ability awareness is, is, is enormous. That's two things that really stand out. Already for me from this conversation today, one of the, the really cool things I've been working with my dad and setting up a podcast, by the way, that I would highly recommend. I think you would find a lot of really, really golden nuggets in his podcast. It's uh, The Pursuit of Excellence, and it's by Bakis Lobsher. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on Google Play. It's on all the different platforms already. We just launched that for him. Uh, and there's already a lot of folks reaching out, sharing how much value they've gained just from listening to the insights and lessons shared from someone that has walked the walk and talked the talk for close to six decades in pursuing excellence in, in his craft daily. So that was one side of it. The other thing too was, you know, karate is something that's taught in person. You know, you go to a dojo, you train with others. It's a community. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, growing up alongside of it, of it there's life, there's lifelong friendships and memories. And, you know, there's still uh, people training with my dad in South Africa, across the world that have known me since I was a little, little blonde haired kid running around with a rugby ball in, uh, in Stellenbosch. So it's, that was Obviously, all that setup was was situated. Now things have changed. It's sped up very, very quickly, which also brings us back to being aware and adaptability and thinking out of the, the box of the box, right? Which leads to the online online world and taking things online. And I want to share one of the things before I get my dad's take on this too, that one of the things was to make a huge pivot and take things online. And this is, he's done something a certain uh, way for close to six decades. 
and it was making a pivot, making a change and th- doing things online. He started, you know, you just reached out to folks because basically, you know, you traveled almost eight, what, eight to 10 countries a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was completely so he couldn't travel at all. So what do you do is you reach out to folks and, and he eventually did a training on Zoom and made, made that available. And there was a number of folks signing up from all around the world, which led to, you know, where we're headed with an online platform where folks can train on demand globally and being part of this dojo. So it's taking a business that's completely in person. I guess you could call it a service business or a training or a fitness business, put it in that category and moving it completely online and having that version of it too, obviously having the in-person thing in South Africa where you live still, but, but online. So it's already been a great experience working with them and living through this, again, eating our own cooking without throwing up and moving things uh, digitally. What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned from moving things from in-person and, and moving it to the digital side and some of the, the big, I would say, aha moments and pivotal moments of, do, of doing that. Okay, so first of all, Karate, you had a personal teacher or a mentor. He would only teach you if he trusted you. The three, three core values of Karate, teaching Karate, traditional Karate. Now remember, I'm going to teach you and show you stuff that you can kill me with. So absolute trust is absolutely necessary. The three core values are respect, loyalty, and honesty. And I think combined, you could combine them in the word integrity. Just to go back to traditional days, maybe about 80 years ago in Okinawa, if you wanted to learn karate, you would go to the master's house and introduce yourself, not yourself. You would need somebody to introduce you to the master. Say, this guy is serious, he would like to learn. And he would say, okay, start by, by cleaning my garden, start by painting my house, or start by doing this. You could do that for six months to a year before he would t- say, okay, tomorrow we do the first karate lesson. In the meantime, he would have studied your character, your personality, your perseverance, your tenacity, all the qualities that you need in combat, your loyalty, your honesty, honesty your respect, Are there shady corners in your makeup or not? He would have studied that. He would also have got some input input from people that know you. Ask them, you you know this guy, he's your nephew, what's he like? Et cetera, et cetera. Today, everybody's on Facebook. (laughs) You could go go to Facebook and say, oh, 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 keep far away from my dojo. You don't come close to my dojo. So this absolute trust is very difficult, this ambit of trust to digitalize. When I started the Zoom forced by this uh, bad bug that hit the world, last year, we st- we're at the moment in lockdown all over. When I started this, I started with, with my own students and some of the p- countries that I've taught overseas asked to join and they joined. So I know, I know everybody. Up to this moment, I know everybody that gets online. I can only see the future of karate teaching being digital, at least 80% of the teaching is going to be digital. This is the world we're moving in. We've got cars riding around with our drivers and buses and planes soon and people without brains <laughs> walking around the streets. I'm kidding. So the digital world is it's like the internet, like everything, like the social media. If you do not use it controlled and disciplined, it could come back to bite you in the face. 
So going forward, I understand that there's a risk to going digitally online. So I'm putting mechanisms in place to make sure that I'm not teaching gangsters and bad people the knowledge that they can kill me with. It's, not, it's a challenge. It's not as simple as it sounds. It's a challenge. But like I said, go and look on Facebook. Somebody applies to join my dojo. I said, okay, I'll get back to you in a, in a day or two's time. Go on Facebook and here you see all the good stuff. And you sing A or nay. That's what people don't understand. You're out there now. Okay? It's not inside. So that, that is a challenge. But on the other hand, it is a huge opportunity to instead of traveling, which at my age is starting to become quite a bit of a burden, instead of traveling, I'm in contact. I was yesterday, I'm in the USA at the moment with my son. Yesterday morning, I was teaching a class in South Africa, my, my, my home dojo or, or school back in South Africa from here, like I was right in their sitting room with him. So there are the opportunities. We just got to be careful and control it and do it properly then it's going to be an absolute zoomer. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I think like the big lesson to learn too is, you know, we've already made the decision of, of how to move forward with things. And this is a question for everyone and, and you and your family and your community is there's going to be chaotic times. There's going to be times of uncertainty. There's going to be times of disruption. There's going to be massive shifting of of existing systems and maybe a disappearance of, of, of some of them moving forward. So the big thing, the big thing there is you can either retreat and climb underneath your bed and hide underneath your bed for the world, or you could look at this as a massive opportunity, lean into it, advance and expand and capitalize on the opportunities that's going to be available to everyone. And regardless of what business you find yourself in or what investments you are in or where, and also where, wherever you are in the world. So this, I, I see this as a gift. I, I still say this is a, one of the biggest, well, it's one of the greatest times to be alive ever because we're going to see stuff that are going to be written digitally, I guess, in the history books if they will still record keep it and document it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening. So you can either retreat or you can advance and expand and capitalize on amazing things in this world. So look, take the lessons that you can learn of how you can apply and capitalize on trends to instead of thinking things are over, making a pivot, using your awareness, and then using that in your business to, to maybe take your business. And I've shared before on the show, if your business is not online, regardless of what it is, it's going to be very, very tough to do business moving forward. Question for you. So six decades, <laughs> 28 countries, 35 years, over 35 years in the military. What are some of the greatest lessons learned and, and maybe the gifts that pursuing your excellence daily in your craft and traveling and meeting all of these people? What are some of the greatest gifts in your career that you received on your journey? That's a long list. <laughs> That's a long list. 28 countries, I came into contact with 28 cultures, 28 ways of looking at the same rock. Okay, from 28 different angles. So I can understand and relate to what, what the Scotch say about things and what the English say and what the Dutch say and what the Belgians say and the Germans and the Italians. And I've taught in, in, in places like Zanzibar. Fantastic how these people feel about things. What are their culture? What is, what is important to them in life? 
what's not important. When you're in your own little little cage, you get stuck on in sometimes kind of tunnel vision on what's important and what's not important. So that is one of the greatest gifts that I that I can put together from over the last six decades. The other top of the list is meeting and being with my mentor, Higa Anamario Sensei. About 50 years ago, 45 years ago, I was down and out. There was a lot of things going wrong in my life. I was unmarried, young, a lot of disappointments. You can work through a lot of it by yourself, but sometimes you just need somebody to push you a little, a little bit. You got a sense he speaks a little English, so all of a sudden, I got a card from him, out of the blue. It wasn't my birthday or Christmas, and all it said on the card, there was a picture of a Japanese cherry blossoms or something, in a very simple handwriting, obviously it's somebody write it, it says, there is no royal road to happiness. That made, immediately I got up, was recharged, energetic, said, bring it on. The biggest gift over the last six decades and looking ahead at this digital era we're going in, the biggest gift is the fact I want to go on living. I want to know more. I want to know what the digital world is all about. I'm, I'm doing computers. I'm doing everything. I'm downloading apps. I'm keeping the mind going in flow with where, where the world is going. That, I think, is the biggest plus point on my side. I'm not ready to die. I want to keep on going. I got stuff to do for the next 60 years. How about that? Yeah, abs- absolutely. And that's, and that's it, a lifelong student, a lifelong learner. And that's what we've shared on the show. And that's why you're listening to this too. This is a message that I ask. And I know you've mentioned uh, some very, very important core values too. But a core message in our show is to leave families and communities in the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money, because the show isn't just about money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? I would pass on to them or trying to create in them the hunger to search for the real values in life. Like I said, those values in karate, respect, loyalty, honesty, which come down to integrity, are under bigger threat than the white rhino population in South Africa. Those words are under threat. They are being wiped off the table. People should just get back to the real values in life. It starts off with the word love. If you love, you respect, you trust, you're honest, and you're loyal. How about that? No, those, those are very, very powerful. And it's something that we could definitely apply. And it all starts in our own homes with our own families. And that's, again, we need, I, I've talked about leadership, like we lead, need leadership uh, at a time right now, and like no other. And it's, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't start anywhere else, but inside your own home. And it starts, it starts with you. And the same thing with values is how do you change the values of uh, your community, you start by changing the values inside your house and going back to to some of these these core principles. So those are fantastic stuff. I want to share just for everyone that's interested to, like I've, I've shared it before, there's a podcast, The Pursuit of Excellence podcast by Buckets Laubscher. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. That's one of the first areas that you uh, can can contact or, or le- learn more about um 
what's inside Bucky's Lobster is up to, and then also uh, website Bucky'sLobster.co.za, right? That's right. Perfect. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, yeah. Dad. The big, as the big guy, as I call him. Thank you so much for coming on the show and doing this. This is a special memory, so yeah. I've had a lot of fun doing this. My teacher, my mentor has one saying, which can you be applied in all spheres of life. The Japanese saying, Moichido. It means one more time. <laughs> Do it one more time till you succeed. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much again for spending your most valuable resource, your time with me on the show. Again, please, uh, if you find what we do valuable here, one of the things that we're trying to do is reach as many people as we can to uh, help them achieve self-reliance through education. So we've changed our mission slightly because there's so many different areas that folks can be self-reliant and money's obviously been a massive focus here and cash flow has been a focus but uh, there are many, many other ways that, that, that we're looking to provide this value to as many people as possible. So give us a share, a share, like, please leave us a comment. If I need to shave, please let me know down below. Otherwise, you can find all of our resources and much, much more at CashflowNinja.com. Until next time, live infinitely. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.